welcome to Grad Chat, your opportunity to find out about graduate research here at Queen's. My name is CJ the DJ and I'm your host for this week's Grad Chat. Of course, a show like this could not happen without the support of the School of Graduate Studies on Postdoctoral Affairs, along with CFRC. So thank you very much to both of them. Now, of course, if your mates miss the show at any time, you can download the podcast the next day on either iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify or Stitcher. So no excuse not to hear what our awesome students and postdoctoral fellows are doing. Now, as you know, from time to time, We do things a little bit different just to keep everyone on their toes when they're listening. And so today it's kind of like midterm and we've just had reading week has just gone past for the undergrads. And I thought we might do something a little bit different today for us. So rather than bringing on a student just talk solely about their research and what they are doing, I've brought my mate back, Sue Yen, um, who, as you know, is our editor. She helps edit our recordings every week. And of course, I'm extremely thankful about that. So I thought I'd bring Sue Yin back on and we can just have a bit of a guess bag about what's been going on and what's coming up and the importance, of course, to show everyone why we want to do a show like this. Why is it important for our graduate students to uh, get their research out there to the general community as opposed to just being at conferences? So, Sue Yin, good to have you on board today. And uh, let's get going. What do you reckon? Thank you for having me again, CJ the DJ. It's a pleasure to be here. And I'm glad that we're doing this. I think that when, because everything goes so fast and there's so much going on throughout the semester, I feel like it's great to just pause and then just remind people what what's coming up what what resources are available for them and i'm really happy to just have this conversation and but you know what one thing i want to say first sue yin is that um I'm, I'm, of course everyone who's listening to the show i would like to think would know this but of course it's really exciting that cfrc is celebrating their 100th year I mean, what an awesome feat. Uh, not many radio stations can say that, particularly community radio stations. And so it just goes to show how good the the commitment to the radio station here at Queen's is, and, and not just at Queen's, with the community as well to help it keep going, you know, with our donors that sort of help provide the funds so we can upgrade equipment from time to time and also pay for some of the the staffing at the radio station, even though the majority of people are on a volunteer basis. We still need some people in the main positions to keep things going. So kudos to CFRC. And I, I don't know about you, but I think it's an absolute privilege that we're being allowed to have a program on this show since 2016. And they haven't kicked us off yet, which is nice. And um, it's been a great opportunity for our students to get rid of some of those little jitters they might ha- they might have of talking to someone in the media, even though this is meant to just be a friendly chat each week. Absolutely. I, happy birthday, CFRC. Thank you. Yes. Everything. <laughs> and it's not just because I'm doing Ratchet with you. CFRC is my favorite station. It's, it's the first station that... Uh, when I turn on my car and I, I love to play it in the background when I'm doing something and the programming is fantastic. It, they always open to host new shows and there's a lot of students yep. who have these wonderful ideas and they bring them to, to CFRC. And I think that having that option of recording and 
discussing different things that interest you, not just about your research, but about anything, really. I, I find that, that you're right. We're very, very lucky and I'm very thankful. For sure. And it's interesting, too, because like I said, they asked us if we, back in 2016, whether we would like to have a show. And of course, I said straight away, absolutely. It, and it was for two reasons, of course. One is to highlight to the Kingston and Frontenac community or the local community the kind of work that our students are doing, because it is fascinating. And of course, I've learned heaps from it, but it's also a learning tool. And, you know, this is, this is an area where a lot of students don't realize that people outside their field of study may actually be interested in what they're doing. So we need to find a way of getting that mess, those messages out there. And of course, that being on the radio, having 29 minutes to talk about your research, it was a perfect opportunity for those that are game, uh, you know, to get rid of their little nerves and things. Yeah, no, it's it's been fabulous to be a part of, of this station and hopefully we can continue it for many, many more years t- uh, down the track. If you really want confirmation of that, you can you can go back in the archives and listen to previous episodes. And you how progressively I've been getting more comfortable talking in the radio. <laughs> it's very true, actually. The more people come on, uh, the the better they get, and more comfortable they get. And you're right. You know, with CFOC also doing the podcasting as well, so we can reach a lot further than just the local community, which is nice. And that's actually been quite good for some of our students because people further afield have heard about their work and it has at times uh, given them an opportunity to collaborate with other people or to talk to someone in a similar field who just wants to chat a little bit more. So there's a lot of pluses for doing this show, not just being here um, local. I mean, it's been pre-recorded most of the time because it's hard to get some students to do it live so that takes a little bit of the fear out for, from them but of course it can reach so much further now as well but uh, you know again thanks to CFRC it's a wonderful opportunity for us to showcase this fabulous work that our students are doing yeah thank you CFRC yes and I kind of that kind of brings me on to as well Sue Yen is you know, this, just this past week I was asked to do a presentation with the chemistry department the presentation was about how how to make your research more accessible to a wider audience, you know, basically outreach. And it was a wonderful session. I must admit the students were fantastic. So thank you to very much to them for being so attentive and uh, participating throughout the session. But it really did highlight to me, we need to advise our students a little bit more of the opportunities out there. Because most times when people think about academia and with their research, you know, to get people to know about it, you go to a conference and you either talk at a conference if you're lucky enough to be accepted in that, or you might do a poster board if there's you know a poster board session going on, which gives you an opportunity to talk to people who know the area a little bit more or have a better understanding, and also an opportunity to network to see if you know if there could be some collaborations and things further down the track, and also to get some feedback. And that's the obvious thing that people think about, in- including writing a journal article to do with your research. So they're obvious things what an academic or a student, a grad student can do. But that's to a very small group of people who are very specialised in the area. And one of the things that we need to understand more is 
a lot of people want to know what they're doing. They don't need the specifics to say, but they need to know big picture. And we want to get them excited about the big picture because then maybe they will ask more questions. And of course, we, you know, there are opportunities out there to, to do it. And if you don't mind, I might just explain some of those and why. So when I say big picture, I always say to the students, you know, do your parents actually know what you're doing? And most of them have this blank look and go, well, no, not really. They don't understand it. I said, well, how do you explain it to them? And they go, well, we try, but they still don't get it. I said, well, if you try to find out what would pique their interest in your work, other than the fact it's their son or daughter that's doing this research. And so we have to go through that. You know, what made them interested in that particular subject in the first place? Because what made them interested may make other people interested. So it's finding some messaging and some major points that you can bring forward to get people thinking, oh, well, that's interesting. Uh, And then, you know, how does that affect me? Because there's always that, so what? You can talk about, you know, here's this particular field of study they're working in and, you know, it can be all highfalutin and et cetera and with lots of technical jargon and, and big words. And a lot of the times people go, well, so what? Who cares? Why should I care? And that's where you can come in, well, you know, have you ever experienced this or someone else you know have experienced this or have you seen this? Have you ever thought about the the information that's going on in the news right now and how that impacts you, whether physically impacts you or emotionally or impacts you in a way that, you know, it's affected someone else? Um, They're the kind of big pictures, things you want to say. And then you go, well, with that particular issue, Mm -hmm. I'm trying to solve a certain area of it and this is how I'm going to do it. Um, And that's when they can start talking a little bit more in depth about the actual research itself to say, well, here was the issue. This is what I'm trying to do. And, you know, this is how I'm doing it. And the hope that the impact of if it comes to fruition, it's going to explain this, this and this or do this, this and this. And that's not always so easy for a grad student to do to And it's not dumbing it down. I need to put that in there. A lot of people are saying, oh, you're dumbing down your work. No, you're not. You're making your work more accessible to the masses. And, you know, you never know who's listening out there who would go, wow, that is fascinating. How do I find out more about it? Or I know someone that would be really interested in perhaps putting some funding into that particular project. Who knows who's listening? And so you don't want to miss those kind of opportunities. And then if nothing else... It gives your parents a chance to brag about what you're doing because then they can tell everybody else. <laughs> you know, you bring a, a really great point. That there's a misconception when it comes to the way that we transmit information. It, it's true. It's not dumbing it down. It is presenting the information in an accessible context. I know that there are some concerns that, well, I'm, I'm speaking to an academic audience. What happens if I no longer have that audience? But I think what we don't really address sometimes in our own academic bubbles is that the reality is that for a grant application, for example, mm-hmm. or for anything that you want to do beyond the dissertation process and the proposal process or the conference or all of that, anything outside of that requires concise, get to the point. It's get to the point. Yeah. They're not just reading yours. They're reading thousands of applications. They're yes. Reading, and is a is the elevator pitch, but... <laughs> yes, it is. And you've got to get them excited. Otherwise, you've lost them. Exactly. And that, I think that that comes across and employers are looking for that because everything switched 
the way that we used to conduct interviews or the way that job applications worked are very yeah. different and things like that. So being an eloquent speaker or being able to express yourself in a familiar, accessible way mm -hmm. can really help you stand out and yes. help you synthesize your work. One of my favorite parts is when you read the titles at the start of a grad chat and yes. then you explain what that means yes and that's when i go oh that's awesome that makes sense i can i can understand what you're doing i can relate that's that's great and i think that with such long titles or with so much jargon sometimes we don't give ourselves the opportunity to get people to go wow that's cool. yes exactly actually we've got some coming up which have got pretty long titles for their research topic But hopefully by the end of the interview, it'll make things easier because we do have Katie coming up shoot soon from Biomedical Molecular Sciences. And I mean, here's a, here's a topic, which if you just read it, you go, oh yeah, okay, whatever. Yeah. And it's you know, the contribution of interleukin-33 driven group two innate lymphoid cells in endometriosis, pathophysiology, and their therapeutic targeting. Now, so you can either look at that and they go, I have I haven't a clue or... Well, I'd really like to know what that actually means. So, <laughs> so either way, we can sort of get around it. You know, you might not have a catchy title because it, academically it's not the way to go. But even if you have an ac academic sort of title, when you're talking about it, it doesn't mean to say it has to be talked in that way as well, not depending on your audience. And that's the big thing that we have to get across. You know, who is your audience? Mm -hmm. And one of the exercises we did with the chemistry group was, you know, how would you, in two minutes, tell these particular groups about your what your work is? And I said, how would you tell your parents? How would you tell children? How would you tell the media? How would you tell a mate or a, a community group? Because they're all different ways of telling it. Because what you say to a kid would not be the same as what you would say perhaps to the media. So you've got to learn how to change the way you speak, still talking about your work and still getting people interested, but what level do they need to know? Yes. So a conference needs to know a lot more needs to be in depth a kid get to the point because they're not going to muck around if they don't get it they're going to tell you so <laughs> you know so you've got to learn different ways of doing that a lot of them don't know that that they're pro this programming interested in graduate student work yes one of yep. them is uh, ideas from the trenches yeah so that's the C cbc radio show And they've had a few of our students on there. And what, for those people who don't know, and I do suggest if you have an opportunity to go and listen to it, um, but what they do is a student would have to put a pitch, a topic for them, and hopefully it's to do with their work. And then what they do is they use that topic, if you, if you get chosen, they use that topic so they can interview the student, but they also interview other people who may have something to do with that kind of area right. so it's not just on the student but you know how does that student's work affect everything else that's going on and can they bring in people from that and of course they do a lot of training for the student who gets picked which is fantastic because again more training but it, it can really highlight where that particular research fits which you need for application for sure Well, exactly. So this is not like doing extra because it's actually going to help you, like yeah. you said, applying for certain grants at times and um, or writing an abstract for a particular journal. 
So, you know, it, it works in two ways. It, you, know, you get double whammy from it, which is great. I think so. I think it's great. And if, <laughs> you know, it's a big step, it's a scary step. So I, I really recommend that you sign up for GratChat. Yes. Find <laughs> plug there. <and laughs> come have a chat with TJ the DJ. She's wonderful. I can, I recommend it. It's really great start. And then one day you might be the next student who's featured um, ideas from the trenches. Exactly. And they, and they like, like you said, they do love speaking to our grad students <clears throat> across the country because CBC is a national thing. But it's great when we hear some of ours have been on there. But, you know, there's other ones like that too, Suyin. Some more about for writing. And uh, some people may have heard this name called The Conversation. Yes. And that's very much which our Queen's Communications are sort of part of that and try and help push it. And, I mean, Queen's is a member of this group called The Conversation, which actually started in Australia, but it's now worldwide. And, it's, again, it's a chance for students or faculty members to pitch an article to The Conversation. And the article is not necessarily directly related to their research, but something's going on in the world right now that's topical and they want to pitch something to sort of talk about that area and how that fits with their work, um, et cetera, et cetera. And again, if you get chosen for the conversation to write a piece, they're there right behind you, helping you edit it, et cetera, because it needs to be good when it goes out, because this is a global has a global reach. And yes. those of our students who have been on it have then had opportunities, you know, been rung up or emailed to say, can you come on this radio show or the TV show and talk about, you know, your opinion on the, you know, the article that you wrote because it resonates quite well under this particular area. So a lot of opportunities can come out from just that one article. You get help and learn how to write a good article like that by the conversation people but then your reach and opening up new opportunities and, and networking is huge it is huge we don't talk about it enough sometimes because we're, it took a while for me as a grad student to be comfortable feeling that my work could exist outside of right and yeah and it can it so can and it, and even when you think about you know People, a lot of people know what a TED Talk is. Well, we're very fortunate here at Queen's. We have a, a chapter for TEDx. It's called TEDx Queen's U. Yeah. And they run events to allow our students to practice speaking about their work. And they'll, they'll choose a theme and then we'll find people who have got research in, in kind of that area that they can talk about. And then, of course, they have their annual conference every year. It's in Kingston. It's in January. And they're, you know, they're, they're asking now for students and postdocs to sign up to see if they would like to do a talk and in which case and what area. And then they'll pick so many to be at the conference. And again, like the conversation, whoever gets chosen, they're going to get some training and coaching along the way. So again, you know, you're having an opportunity to get your work out there, but you're getting some additional training along the way and coaching to make you a better presenter. And as we know in, in a TED Talk, they're not that long. You know, you go to a conference and you can be asked to talk for 10 minutes, you can be asked to talk for 30 minutes, whereas TED Talk is, is very much because um, a certain amount of time, because often they'll make, put it on um, a video that you know people can pop in and listen to those TED Talks whenever they want to. And uh, again, 
it's another great way of outreach for our students and postdocs to practice presenting, practice in some cases, writing in different formats, practice or getting some training along the way, getting their work out there, but also showing how their research can impact other areas. So it's it's all it's all really terrific. And we're very fortunate, you know, a university the size of Queen's, that they get all these opportunities. And uh, hopefully more will take the, the chance to do that. Well, I... I struggle with presentations and people don't really believe that because I can talk. I, there are times when I can just talk to you about many different things and it goes yes. really well. So I feel like, yes, certain things can be a bit scary. Like TEDx for me will be very scary, but I would also love to learn because perhaps that's exactly what I need to improve my presentation skills. Correct. Not, yeah. We don't learn the same way. And sometimes I know that we have all of our professionalization workshops and that includes presentation skills as well. Yeah. And one of my colleagues cannot praise them enough because they found them fantastic. And back in the day, we called expanding horizons. Right. Now yes. Them, you know, <laughs> and now we call them. Just professional development. Professional development. <laughs> We've uh, simplified it because not not everyone understood the word expanding horizons unless you're actually in the program itself. So, yes. So, and so that format was very helpful. Yes. And I did that format too, but my brain doesn't get it. So I'm I'm considering something like TEDx, for example, perhaps mm-hmm. that could help me present. But then again, it's scary. But I think one of the best things is you find out when you attend these opportunities is that you are surrounded by people who are also scared. And one Correct. And yes. The team running it, everybody's there for you and they're supportive. Like you- and, you know, there's, there's students here uh, because, yeah. the, you know, for the TEDx Queens U chapter, they are students and uh, all faculty or staff. We've got the license. They've got the license and they run all that. So they know the importance of this. And we actually have one of the largest annual, for, for a chapter, one of the largest annual uh, conferences. So, and of course, usually we have it down at the Isabel and who doesn't like going to the Isabel? Exactly. That's true. But yes, don't be afraid to try new things. Correct. And if they don't work out for you, that's okay. Because yeah. lucky for you, we have different things going on all year round. Yes. I mean, we have our three minute thesis which again we'll be holding. And just a, a little bit here, we're going to, Queen's is also going to be hosting um, the Ontario Three Minute Thesis next year. And we haven't done it since the very first time. So we thought it was time that we hosted it again. So I'm hoping when that's on, we'll get a lot of people coming along to support the students and listen to the fabulous work that these students are doing across the board. That's, that's fantastic. I am very excited for it. So before we end the show, I, I wanted to ask you about our upcoming annual event organized by the SGSPA and the Office for Indigenous Initiatives at Queen's. Uh, so Indigenous Research Collaboration Day. Yes, no, it's been going now for, I think we did the first one back in 2017 and it came out of part of the the TRC report that we did and recommendations that we did here at Queen's where we needed to have opportunities for our students and postdocs to talk about research or highlight research that they're doing in collaboration with Indigenous communities, whether that be in Canada or Indigenous communities around the world. Um, 
because as we all know, when you're working with Indigenous communities, first of all, you've got to ask, do you want this to be done? Because sometimes communities go, why are you doing it? It's not your area kind of thing. So you've got to get some mutual respect and trust before doing it. So at times when you're working with an Indigenous community, it could take a little bit longer because you've got to set things up correctly in the first place so that you're not being disrespectful in in any way, shape or form. Because like anything, it has to be a two-way and we can't just, as people, non-Indigenous people, we can't just say, I'm going to do this because this is going to help you. Well, they may not want you to do it. So (laughs) so those sorts of things we have to consider. It comes down to the ethics and things of how we, we do research that way. And so over the years, we've had different formats for this particular day. And the last couple, we've just provided opportunities for our students to talk about the work that they are doing. And of course, this is coming up this Friday, the 28th. And so we're looking at different sorts of things. For instance, um, some of the titles we've got on is uh, one of them is called the Full Circle Queen's Indigenous Student Wellness Study, Understanding the Holistic Wellness of Indigenous University Students. And that's done by um, a group in psychology, Department of Psychology. Then we've got another one, a, a student in geography and planning and the title of, of her research is Exploring Place-Based Mohawk Values. Sorry, I can't say, pronounce the Mohawk word. And Relationship Building with Healthcare Providers in Time Denaga. Then we've got in Kinesiology and Health Studies, uh, Supporting Champions to Create Resilient Change Movements in the Context of Indigenous Language Revitalization. Then in education, using Indigenous knowledge to improve reading success for elementary students. And then in the afternoon sessions, again, another one from geography, traditional knowledge in and around Inisha Nunca with Grandmother's Mother Earth with the Shua in the Ecuadorian Amazon. And then cultural studies, an archive of accountability, coercive sterilization and reproductive injustice. And then translational medicine, impacts of 17BIPHE2 on the female genital tract, a potential multipurpose technology to prevent STI transmission in women. And then in history, um, Anishinaabe trade captains in the Little North, 1780 to 1821. So it's it's a lot of different areas covering a lot of you know different topics, but it's going to be fascinating. And I'm really looking forward to hearing our students present and of course, there will be opportunities to ask questions after. And so people can sign up, uh, register for that. It's going to be in person. Um, but so people can register for that. And uh, the details that are even on the Queen's event calendar or on our School of Graduate Study and Postdoctoral Affairs website under the research tab. Um, it's in there as well. So, um, yeah, really looking forward to it. I love this day every single year because it's the the research that gets talked about is absolutely fascinating. Yes, it is one of my favorites as well. It's fantastic. It's an additional opportunity to learn different ways of knowing and different approaches Mm -hmm. to the subject and to really understanding that our approach to academia and our approach to research is not the only way to approach it. Exactly. And that's a really important point. Yes. Yeah. And I think that learning and listening to your fellow colleagues talk about the research and, the, and how they conduct research is a great learning opportunity for everybody. Yes. So I encourage everybody to, to 
check it out and, and support your fellow students as yeah. well. And on that note, we're uh, going to be in November. There's also a lecture by Jordan Avil, who's an ISGA writer from Vancouver. Oh. He's going to be giving a lecture uh, for the English department at Queen's. But uh, that's, there's, like we said, there's so many different opportunities too. Yes. Yeah. We, we can learn so much, Suyin, from all of this. Our students can learn a lot and the general public and people like myself, we can learn a lot too. And so it's just awesome to be a part of it. Yes. And, of course, we've gone over time again. Of course. <laughs> but that's great. You know, I, I love catching up with you. And uh, I'll be back for the Christmas. Yes, you will be back because we're going to invite Suyin back before the Christmas break, of course. We like to do a bit of a wrap-up then, so hopefully you will join me on that. Um, I might be doing some of this remotely from Australia, but uh, we will make sure. We haven't missed a, a show since 2016, so we're going to make sure that we keep that tradition going and moving forward. So I really do want to thank you, Su Yin, for joining me again today. I know it wasn't what we normally would do, but I thought, you know what, why not? Let's just stick one of these in midway and, and move things around a little bit. So I do appreciate you coming on and helping me out with this. Oh, you're welcome. It's always a pleasure. Excellent. So as we always say, so that says everyone, another week of grad chat sadly comes to an end. Don't forget you can download the show tomorrow from either iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify or Stitcher. Just type in grad chat. Until next week, this is CJ the DJ signing off with a big hooray. for listening to this podcast produced at CFRC 101.9 FM at Queen's University, situated on the traditional territory of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples and brought to you by the generous support of the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Science.